Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. So I got asked last week, how do you have a, uh, a healing service if we're always supposed to believe for healing? Uh, it's just a fantastic question. Uh, but it's the same thing like, how do you have a Resurrection Sunday service if we're every, every day's Resurrection uh, Sunday or, or every day's Resurrection Day for the believer? Um, and, and I don't know. I just know this. I just feel like God said, I want to do something special and unique in people's lives today. Uh, and it, it's, it might be disease at the, at the deepest, darkest level. It might be pain that, is, that has been a throbbing for a long time. It might be uh, something absolutely new and unique. It might be something uh, that you can tolerate, uh, but that just makes life a little harder. Uh, it might be something uh, in, in your thought life or in your mind or just mentally. It might be uh, something in your soul that's, that's making you struggle. It might be a relationship. Because we live in a broken world, so relationships get broken or destroyed or stressed or strained. Uh, and sometimes it's our fault, and then sometimes it's, it's because it's a broken world. And sometimes it's the fault uh, of another. Um, but I felt like God said, I want to move in the, in the lives and the hearts uh, of, of my sons and daughters uh, in a unique way today. So we had this series planned. I love the story, and we're going to have seven weeks of looking at Really amazing stories in the gospel um, from Old Testament to New uh, and just see what we can glean from them. And, and we look at the struggle of humanity and the, the power of divinity and the providence of God. And it's going to be a fantastic series. And so we're going to kick off with Joseph originally because you just can't go wrong starting anything with Joseph. Uh, it's just such a fantastic story. Um, and, then, and then like Josh said, we, we heard about um, someone in our church family who was uh, given a, a sentence of cancer uh, from uh, initial reports and results from doctors. And I'm driving and I'm like, what gifts, God? I mean, I know it's a broken world, but come on. I mean, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying, gosh. And I felt like he said, don't preach on Joseph, preach on Hezekiah. And, and let's, let's let them know who to ask to come through and break through in their lives. And and so we're starting with Hezekiah. Um, you can read about him in, in 2 Kings and in 2 Chronicles. They both kind of tell the same story, just different perspective depending on the writer. Uh, probably Jeremiah in Kings and probably Ezra in Chronicles um, that are writing these. And, and it's just a spectacular story about a king when something would happen who knew who to ask. And that's our big idea today. No who to ask, and so we're believing for, for big things to happen in, in, in the body, in the heart, in the, in the soul, and in relationships. So I want to read you a couple of different stories uh, in this passage in 2 Kings. Um, the story is from 18 through 20. If you read Hezekiah, I want to read about Hezekiah. I'm only going to take a couple from 19 and 20. So, so we have Hezekiah, and, and Scripture says that he was... Uh, the greatest king among the kings of Judah. So when the nation of Israel split and Israel became one part and Judah became another, he eventually becomes the, the king of Judah in the line of kings. And, and scripture tells us that there was no one like him before him or after him in Judah. That's how, that's how much he was in tune with God. Yes, he was full of humanity and he made some mistakes along the way, uh, just like all of us. But, but God looked at that man and he was like, that's a, that's a man who... Uh, who makes, who pleases me. And, 
At the same time, you have this nation of Assyria, which is a horrible nation. Think Nineveh gone wrong. Nineveh is a capital city, basically. Uh, and Assyria was just wicked, always destroying both pagan nations and going after Israel and Judah. So they had conquered Israel and made them slaves, basically, and, and exiled a bunch of them. And Hezekiah is going, hey, uh, we're next. They're coming after us next. And, of course, this comes to pass. And, and so there's this passage in, in chapter 19 of 2 Kings. Um, and, and I'm going to read just some of it to you. It says, after Hezekiah receives a letter from the messengers, so the king of Assyria basically sent a threatening, mocking, uh, good luck to you letter to Judah and basically said, hey, all these other nations' gods couldn't come through. Uh, what makes you think your God's going to come through for you? Just give up now. So that was a letter that was read. And it says, Hezekiah went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before... and." and, and and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord because he knew who to ask. O oh Lord, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are the God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O oh Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O oh Lord, and see. I love the relationship he has with God. Here he is talking to the God that he knows is the God of all. And he says, would you bend down and listen to us? Would you, would you lean over and look at our situation right now? And it wasn't with a pompous attitude. Obviously, he's broken and wondering and hopeful and probably fearful at the same time. Uh, and he's saying, God, can you, can you just take some time to bend down, to get down on our level and, and see what's happening here? Listen to Sennacherib's words. That's the bad king of Assyria. Words of defiance against the living God. Now, O Lord, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, are God. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, the famous uh, uh, prophet Isaiah, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord the God of Israel says, I've heard your prayer about, the, about King Sennacherib of Assyria. And it goes on um, to say this, uh, a number, God basically just goes through what he's going to do after he says, I heard your prayer. And it says, that night, the angel of the Lord, one angel, went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. And then we read about Sennacherib basically tucks his tail and heads back home. He's in his pagan temple worshiping later on, and two of his sons are like, nope, you're weak, head gone. Uh, and they kill the, the king who mocked God and mocked God's people and tried to threaten God's people. But it wasn't just that. It was that, that King Hezekiah said, could you bend down, come down here, see what we're going through, and rescue us and God did, and they were dead, literally, uh, and the king lost his head. Uh, and then uh, this passage here, it goes on in the next chapter, and it gets really interesting. Here's a great king who loved God, and, and things really went well with him in certain areas when he prayed and he asked. And, uh, and, then, and then we read this because, you know, life happens, and we're living in a broken world still. Uh, verse 1 of chapter twenty. 
About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Now, you're a great follower of God. You've seen God do miracles when you pray. He loves you. He calls you the best king before and after. I mean, he might not have said that to Hezekiah, but we get that afterwards, and God thought that, obviously. And, and you're sick and seemingly deathly ill, and the prophet comes and says, God has a word for you. You're probably pretty hopeful. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. Anybody ever been there in life in some way? It's like I'm, I'm living this way and I'm following this way. And, I'm, and I'm, I mean, I'm trying, but I'm, I'm not trying just to earn your favor. I'm just trying to live a Jesus life. And yet it feels like I get a death sentence in some way, relationally, emotionally, physically, whatever it is. Stuff isn't happening in my family. Anybody ever been there? And you're like, what? I, I thought the word would come like, it's all good. So he gets that. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and he prayed. Remember, O Lord, how I've always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Anybody ever been there? You just say what you can say. You say what you're feeling. And then the emotions overtake you. Basically, Isaiah gave the word, and he walked out. He's in the palace, so he's walking out. He's leaving the palace grounds. Hezekiah turns to the wall and just says, remember that I love you. This hurts. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, this message came to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears I will heal you. And three days from now, you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own honor and for the sake of my servant, David. God said, you're sick and you're going to die. You're not going to recover. He turned and in humility just says, remember, I love you. And this hurts. And God stops Isaiah, as he's leaving the palace and says, hang on, I changed my mind. I, the God who said he was not going to recover, have changed my mind because I heard my son's prayer. And I'm going to heal him and I'm going to add 15 years to his life. God responds to the cry of his followers, the, 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 the re, the, sometimes the, the weak 911 cry for help that we give out as sons and daughters. But you got to know who to ask. That's the key in everything as a God follower, as a Jesus follower, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a, as a son or daughter filled with the spirit of the living God. You have to know who to ask. And he comes with this simple, humble prayer with a, with a heart honoring God and, a, and, and just this really kind of contrite, broken heart. And it resulted in Hezekiah's healing and life, and he lived 15 more years. Matthew chapter 8, we read this story about Jesus. And we're going to be quite simple today. I'm not a complicated person. I 
don't have the capability of it like some of y'all um, that are smarter than me. Uh, but we're going to read that one story. We're going to look at a few things about Jesus. We're going to read another passage. We're going to hear a real story of someone right here in our family who was healed because she knew who to ask. And then we're going to ask God to, to heal as we worship him. Matthew 8, verses 14 through 17. says, when Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. She got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. 700 years before Jesus walked on earth, Isaiah prophesied there would be one that would come and would heal all our diseases and, and remove all of our uh, sicknesses, diseases, that brokenness. He'll, he'll pay the price to remove that from our lives. And I don't know about you, but it, it makes me ask the question, okay, if he took all our sicknesses and removed our diseases, which I believe, then why is there still sickness and disease in broken places amongst believers? I think it's a valid question. I don't think we're ever going to get the full understanding of that on this side of eternity. But it's a broken world out there that we live in that we're not of as believers. Our home is heaven. This is our temporary place, and it's a broken place that will find its end one day, and then forever will begin forever, and it'll be perfect. So you ask, well, if he removed all and healed all, then why is there still? It's kind of the same thing with sin and sin issues and struggles. He removed all of our sin. He paid for all of our sin. He took it all. Forgiveness is full and given. And yet, you and I still sin at times. We still struggle with the old man, the old woman that we once were with our flesh, with our past. We, we, still, we still miss it at times. But he didn't miss it at the cross. He took all your sins. And yet, you still sin sometimes. And... And so in our humanity, it's hard to reckon that, except that this is a broken world, and what he says is true, and he heals all your disease, and he removes all of your sickness because that's who he is. And then one day, we'll have a greater understanding of it, or we won't even care to have an understanding of it. I don't know. Eternity, we have all the questions lined up that we're going to ask, and probably 99% of them we don't even care about once we're there uh, because we're there. But on this side of that eternity, it's still broken, and so we ask those questions, and we, we still wonder. The world is broken now, but Jesus still heals. He just does. He just does. And I know some people struggle with that because it's like, but if he says that, then why? I get it. Luke 4, 18... And 19, Jesus goes into the, the synagogue and he, he, he takes the scroll of Isaiah and he reads this. And it's a prophecy about him that he then later says, this is about me and it's fulfilled. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, 
and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We just have to know who to ask for this to come true in our lives. Proclaim that the captives will be released. I believe some of you will be, will be broken out of your prisons today or he will begin the, the process of that in your life that those of you who are oppressed with something, physical, mental, relational, emotional, will be set free today. When he says the blind will see, he, he's using that as an all-encompassing sickness and disease. It's not just the blind are the only ones that get healed. He's talking about physical brokenness there. In Jeremiah chapter 17, Josh read it earlier. He says this, the prophet writes, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Rescue me, and I will be rescued. You are the one I praise. People keep asking me, where is the Lord's word? Let it come. And I want you to hear today from, hear this real life story from someone who knew who to ask and trusted it to come. So would you welcome Kayla Peterson, Josh's wife, on stage to share her story with us. Hi, everybody. So if you don't know us, Josh and I have three kids. And um, our youngest, Melody, is two. Uh, she turned two ja back in January. And um, since having Melody, my body did not go back to normal like it did with our oldest two. Um, and so I deliver her. And two and a half weeks later, we moved to Texas, which has been great, but also an unbelievably hard transition, uh, moving away from anything I've ever known, our comfort, our support, um, just a life that we were so used to, and then we move here, and I'm realizing something didn't go back to normal here. Something's not right. You know, feeling with what I, what, what, now my body is just not the same that it was prior to having our third kid, and um, I'm now realizing that I'm dealing with a cervical prolapse. In layman's terms, basically, my cervix did not go back to the same spot that they were supposed to be, where they belonged after having our daughter. And now living in the most stressful time I've ever experienced in my life, at a time that I'm so desperately needing to be connected to my husband, we're needing this unity, we now have a physical ailment in my body that is creating chaos, that is creating disconnect, that is creating um, just an unbelievable amount of stress um, within our marriage, within every single aspect of my life. I was so consumed with the constant um, weight the, of the disconnect and then the, the, the pain and, and the, the areas that this was impacting was literally every single aspect of my life. And Something that the Lord created to be an area of unity, of bond, of connection is now fully consumed with fear and stress and disconnect and believing that my body has failed me, has failed my marriage, has failed myself as a mom. Um, I, I was so consumed with these thoughts that I couldn't even f fulfill who I wanted to be as even just a friend. And... The amount of hopelessness, the amount that I felt like I was just not measuring up, um, going to God, knowing that he does say, come to me, 
come to me. And so I, I'm basically begging him. We're at this point where I'm trying to create relationships in this new place, and I can't even feel like myself because of how fogged I am with all of this. And the Lord just kept reminding me, ask, ask, ask. So I am. I'm asking, Lord, take this. Give me wisdom. Help me know the steps that I need to take so that you can heal me, God. I know that you can heal me, but I know that healing can come in many different ways. And so about a year ago, the Lord gave me this vision. I was during service, worshiping, and the Lord gave me this vision um, of him literally reaching down through my head into the middle of my body and just pulling up and realigning and re-straightening and putting back together my body how it was meant to be, how he made me to be which gave me so much hope, but also so much confusion of, Lord, again, how are you going to do this? I've been dealing with this now. I mean, at this point, we'd been living here for over a year at that point, and, I, and I'd been trying the things at home. I'd been trying the physical therapy recommendations, exercising, all the things that I could tangibly do to try and fix my body. And so this vision brought so much hope and the continue, like it gave me that strength to continue to rely on him, to continue to ask, okay, Lord, you gave me this vision. So I'm going to believe that you are going to do it. I'm going to believe that you are going to heal me because that's what you showed me. And so finally, last summer, I decided to start seeking answers through Western medicine. I don't have the best relationship with Western medicine. I have a history of autoimmune issues and and the route that they wanted to take me I was just not a firm believer in and so I do a lot of things natural and so I was pretty anti going to these doctors because I was really afraid that they tell me you know you need to have surgery well lo and behold I go to a doctor and then a few months later I get referred to a specialist and then another specialist when inevitably led to me booking an appointment to discuss what surgery would look like and also knowing that surgery still could potentially not fix it. And so now I'm already dealing with the emotional chaos and overwhelm that this is causing. And now I'm scared. <laughs> like really the only way that I get better is a surgery that may not even actually work. And so again, I feel like I'm sitting here begging the Lord, just take this. You showed me you would heal me. Just take it. In this same process, of us dealing with the emotional chaos. The Lord is working on my heart. And I was realizing I was needing to process through moving. I was needing to process through the emotional things happening in our marriage. And so it inevitably led me to doing some freedom prayer sessions. And on my second session, the Lord made it very clear to all of us in my prayer circle that I needed rest. Not just rest in Jesus, but actual physical rest. And now being a mom of three, our youngest at the time, you know, we're right around one. I'm like, how in the world does, how do I get, how do I get rest? Like, that's impossible. And tangibly in my prayer time, it was like, okay, you got to go get a massage. Well, I'm not going to say no to getting a massage. Um, and, and I knew right away who I was going to go to because I have a friend who had been telling me about um, someone kind of local who is a massage therapist, who is also a natural physician and is a believer in Jesus, completely anointed by the Lord. And so in, in that prayer session, the Lord gave me her name. And it was like, this is where you're going. I'm like, okay, awesome. I'm getting a massage. I'm going to go to her because the Lord gave it to me. Perfect. This is great. So I go and we do our little meet and greet and it's great. And, you know, get on the same page that we're believers in Jesus. And I, I go into the room 
And as I'm walking in, she literally just looks at me and goes, I know this is strange, but do you mind if we focus in your pelvic area? Something just sounds off. When I'm looking at you, something looks off. And right away, I'm like, that's really funny that you say that. Not that you can look at me and see that I'm dealing with a cervical prolapse, fully knowing at this point that the Lord had showed her that this is what I was dealing with. And so I'm like, yes, we can totally do this. So I go to get my massage. She comes back into the room and she starts by anointing my head and praying and inviting Jesus into this space and asking anything that is not of Jesus to leave. And she starts and as she's going, she is just praying, taking all focus off of herself, bringing Jesus present into the entire thing and sharing with me what the Lord is giving her and, and asking if the Lord is revealing anything to you, please share it. And so she like couldn't wait to get to my pelvic region. And, and so she, you know, she kind of quickly goes all over and then gets to this one spot. She's on my side and she's just praying and praying. And the Lord so clearly tells me, I am your surgeon and I do not require tools. Mind you, I have an appointment waiting to go book surgery. Like we, we have this appointment, it was gonna be two weeks after this. And I, so, so I tell her, I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord literally just said, I am your surgeon and I do not require tools. And so she's continuing to massage and just pray. And the Lord gives me that same vision that he gave me during worship a year ago. And I see him physically reach his hand down through my head into my body and realign and pull. Now, in my vision, I was always standing up. So I was very confused in that moment because I was laying down. I'm like, how are you going to do this? I'm laying down. This is strange. Well, all of a sudden, I am literally having a labor contraction. If you're a mama or if you're a dad, you understand. Like, I, I am literally having what is identical to a labor con contraction. I, my, my body is tight and combed at the center to the point where I can't breathe. I'm like, <gasps> and, she, and my massage therapist is like, you're okay, don't be afraid. And I, I remember like saying it so loud, I'm not afraid because I knew what the Lord was doing. And all of a sudden my body like jolts back like to the end of the massage table and this peace just like flushed over me. And I'm sobbing because I know what has happened. I know what the Lord had just done. And she's praying and praying. And again, she is taking everything off of her. This is the Lord using her, working through her. It is nothing she did. It is nothing I did. Other than believing and having faith that he has asked me to ask him over and over to believe that he can heal me. And he did. So we finish. We finish and I get to call my husband. And I'm still like, I, I, I'm not in disbelief because I knew what happened, but also like what just happened. So I call him. I'm like, I don't know how to tell you this over the phone, but like I don't have a prolapse anymore. And he's naturally in our human nature. He's like, well, how do we know for sure? <laughs> well, we know for sure. What used to be surrounded by fear and pain and stress, what created such a brokenness and disunity, that's no more. And it was so awesome to call the doctor's office the next day and cancel my appointment. And the lady on the phone, why are you canceling? Because the Lord healed me. That's why. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Amen. Thanks, Kayla. That was awesome.
know who to ask. James 5, verses 16 through, or 13 through 16, tells us who to ask and and in, in, in a, some specific and generic ways or general ways, how to ask, are you suffering any hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. The sick... I felt like the Lord said this to encourage you today, challenge you, motivate you, give you hope. The weary, those of you just worn down in life, mentally ill, mentally affected, emotional pain, some seemingly dead inside for whatever reason, relational brokenness, even what seems relationally dead and gone or on life support physical sickness, illness, disease, and pain. Maybe it's even a spiritual death that you feel because of an unbelief or a lack of belief or I did believe, but this happened and now I just don't know. Maybe some of you, the sickness that needs to be healed is just to lay the unbelief at the foot of the cross and go, Jesus if you're real, would you show me that you're real? Just to lay down the sickness, the brokenness, the relationship struggle at Jesus' feet and see what he would do. And when he says the Lord will make you well, he'll raise you up, he'll, he'll restore you to health in that area. James goes on to write, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I think sometimes the healing comes when we say, Lord, I, I've been doing this. I, I've got this sickness and I keep doing this in my life. Would you forgive me for that? And would you heal me? And, and that begins a new lifestyle. Maybe the relationship is, Lord, I, I, I have this broken relationship and I don't know how to fix it, but I, I do know how to part in it. Would you forgive me for this? And, and would you heal? I, I miss that or I want that or I don't even know what I want, but I know it's broken. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I'm going to ask the prayer team and the elders and the elders' spouses and Powell pastors that are in here and the, the pastor's wives uh, to make their way up here to make themselves available for you. Or some will be in the back as well. There's that big area in the back there if, if you'd like to go find prayer partner there. Uh, these are men and women who are operating in that pastoral elder role of prayer ministry in our church that you can come to and have them pray a prayer of faith for you and with you and maybe anoint you with oil to see you healed, to see the broken places made right, to see the crooked made straight and, and, the, and, and the, the place with the massive divots filled in in your life. But you have to step out. There is a time and a place uh, right now set aside for you, and it doesn't mean you're going to miss it if you don't, but why miss it? And so Josh and the team are just going to lead us in, in real worshipful worship. And so if you're not coming up here for prayer, just worship with us. But I encourage every one of you with something. If you have a need, come up and get that prayer today. What do you want today? 
what might be holding you back that you just need to walk through today and, and, and let the lie of it be seen for the lie that it is, that it is holding you back, but it has no power over you, follower of Jesus. Know who to ask and ask Jesus to heal you. God, we come before you today with great and hopeful expectation. I pray that diseases are healed, sicknesses are removed, relationships are mended, hearts are healed, unbelief is crushed and killed and removed from the lives of those that are in this room. I pray that people are saved today in situations and saved eternally. I pray that, that mental illness and mental struggles and, and thought lives would be healed and made right today and that hope would be given and restored and walked in. So we open up our lives to you and I pray that you move. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays on hcfburnit.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.